Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. down because it's time for the Star Seminar. And now, here are your hosts, Rabble Rouser and Danny Fenton. Welcome, diligent scholars, to another edition of the Star Seminar, your team-taught class. I am Dr. Rabble Rouser, and I am joined, as always, by my colleague, Dr. Danny Phantom, and I am proud to announce that we have just been awarded a stipend to go do some important research in Oxnard, California in early August. We will be in Oxnard together conducting research, and we will have uh, the ability to disseminate our findings across Cowboys Nation. We are very excited about that. How excited are you, my friends? Welcome to the show. I am super excited, Rabs. I mean, it's, it's coming up quick, too. I mean, we're just a month away, and I, I feel kind of rushed. So things are a little bit stressful for me right now. I've been, a lot of stuff's been going on at work, you know, so I've been a little bit, you know, on edge and stuff, and I didn't sleep too well, um, just have some issues going on at work. Actually, you know, thought that I went to work and took care of all these fires and just had a great day and, and everything's super, but then I found out that, that is just a dream. I woke up and then I had to do it all over again. And it was super frustrating. And I don't know, every once in a while, I'll, I'll have those weird dreams where it's like, I actually went through the day, something that I'm just dreading or something, go through the day. And then only to wake up to find out that saw, oh, I got to do it all over again. So I don't know. That was a little frustrating. I feel like I had to do, do today twice, like a little groundhog's day sort of thing. But do you ever have any weird dreams? Um, I, I have one dream that really stands out. That's like the weirdest dream I've ever had. So I, it was actually a football related dream. So it's pertinent to this podcast. It's, it was a very weird dream in which there was this quarterback. It looked like he was a quarterback because the way he was holding the ball, uh, he was dressed in red, but he had like a, a, a number that no quarterback would ever wear. It was 16. And like, who wears 16? Like what kind of quarterback yeah. ever has a ridiculous number like that when the only good number is like, like 12 and eight, you know? Mm-hmm. So, and, and, um, I remember he was playing and there was a very, very tall man r- running at him. And, and he, he was a very, very mediocre and weak armed quarterback and tried to throw the ball out of the end zone. They were down near the end zone. He tried to throw the ball, but his arm wasn't strong enough to throw it out of the end zone. So it was sort of still coming down near the end zone. And then there was like this really slow, very unathletic white receiver number i think his number was like 87 or something and he jumped like three times his height like a flea to jump up and catch the ball only in a dream it was the weirdest thing it was so surreal i mean it couldn't ever really happen so so um you know it it was it was definitely a nightmare but and i I, you know i've i've had 
that it recurs several times. Sometimes I'm watching TV and I, I'm, I end up falling asleep watching TV and it comes on the TV and it's very, very weird. Um, but yeah, that's, that's, that's the, really the worst dream I've ever had. That sounds terrible. You know what, Raps? I think I, I think I've woken up in a sweat with that very same dream. So in a puddle, my friend, in a puddle. <laughs> Absolutely. So speaking of puddles, I'm in, I'm in uh, paroxysms and puddles of joy over our discussion today about the offensive line. So our position uh, analysis and uh, training camp preview continues. We are going to talk about the OL and, um, which I think is actually going to be a really interesting discussion because for my money, it's the one of the positions, if not the position on the Cowboys that has the most questions. Yes. And so, and I think it's also one of the positions where it's going to have this, the most impact on the final outcome for the 2023 season. But, but before we get to that, I would love to ask you, my friend, in all your Cowboy watching years, what is the most surprising Cowboys squad. What I mean by that is it can be a team you thought was going to be awesome and was anything but, or a team you thought these guys just don't look like they're ready. And they had a magnificent season. Ooh. Oh, um, that's a really good question. I, uh, I'm trying to think of like my emotions here, like how I felt. And I'm going to end up, I'm going to pick the 2006 team. And that's the team where we started off with, with Bledsoe, but then the Tony Romo era mm-hmm. begun. And I think for me, the reason I'm picking that one is like, okay, so this is like, this was Parcells last season as the Cowboys coach, but he had done a great job transforming this team after the post Super Bowl era and stuff. And it was the, 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 really the dark eight years for the Cowboys when the Cowboys were just not good. And here we go with Parcells. We're going up again. And, but for you to really have any success, you got to have a quarterback and, and the Cowboys were, they were just trying all kinds of things with quarterback until number nine showed up. And I tell you what, you know, when he did, it just, I, I mean, it was every week I was surprised and it was just, cause honestly, even when he started playing, I wasn't really sold on him. He, he had like a weird throwing motion that it's like, mm-hmm. this isn't going to be an NFL quarterback. And you know, it's, I know it's fun and exciting and stuff cause he can do, some fun stuff, but this isn't going to last, but it did. And I mean, he was, Tony Romo was fantastic. And of course, you know, we went to the playoffs, you know, that, that season. And of course had Cowboys were a good team um, with him. So to me, I think that's that year surprised me because it's like, yeah, it's like, there. this is, I think we're, I think we're going places. Yeah, that was, that was a wonderful surprise. I, I, I will say that I went to the Thanksgiving game that year against the Buccaneers. You may remember that game. And, and Romo, that was the game where Romo really kind of exploded. He threw five touchdowns, and they, they just ran the Buccaneers out of the stadium. And, and he made three or four throws. Like There was one where he dropped it in the bucket to Patrick Creighton down the sideline. I think Patrick, I think Creighton went, went all the way and scored. And I was just, it was just like such a quality pro throw. I was, and it was the first time I'd seen a quarterback do that. In that way, it had it had timing, it had touch, and I and it was just like, I mean, Creighton didn't break stride, and I and I just turned to the guy I was with, my buddy, um, my good my good buddy Buffalo, and I was like, dude, we got ourselves a quarterback, man. This kid yep. is good. Yep. So yeah, I think that's a great choice. I would actually choose a season on the other side of Romo's career, which was 2014. If you remember, hmm. Romo, the team had been awful the year before. They had had a, like a, a, one of the worst defenses in NFL history. They were really disappointing, um, struggled to, to 500, but you know they only got even got to 500 because they had several thrilling comebacks led by the aforementioned Mr. Romo. And the defense was 
abysmal. So we, and they didn't do a lot. It wasn't like they had this huge influx of talent between 2013 and 2014. Um, and then on top of that, Romo had been injured at the end of 13. You remember he missed that last game mm-hmm. and, um, and had back surgery and was only practicing intermittently. And then the first game of the year against the 49ers, they got drilled at home. Romo looked awful. He was slow. He looked overwhelmed. And it, you know, it it just looked like it was going to be a disaster of a season, and that this team was done. And and um, and and you know, I mean, Jason Garrett uh, had, had you know was probably done too because he had just had three eight and eight seasons. And then they turned to the running game, and and that and the defense when they brought they brought Rolando McLean in, and things they just sort of found this magic. You know, mm-hmm. Nick Hayden was the one technique for God's sakes, and they and but they played. They didn't have a lot of talent, but they played incredibly well on defense, and um, and the offense was just magnificent. And, and the, the running game was incredible as Romo grew. I was thinking this it was going to be, at, at, you know, maybe a six and ten team, and they were a really really good team. We've talked about this before. I think that the they, they, that was the team that had the best chance for a deep playoff run in the last twenty years. And yeah. I mean, certainly was not expecting that going in. So that that's 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 my choice. Um, but listen, speaking of not expecting that going in, I would like to hear what you are expecting and what might be surprising to you about the Cowboys offensive line, which is a very high variance position. So let's talk about that, shall we? Yes, let's do it. OK, so here's what we're going to do to start. We're going to play a little game. The game is is one of those games you see them on on Twitter sometimes where you have a bunch of different players, and you can choose at different price points different players at, at the same position or sometimes different positions. So the way this is going to work is we have five offensive line positions. There's going to be at each of those positions a cowboy from Cowboys history who is available for $5, one for four, one for three, one for two, and one for one. Okay. So you have to assemble your dream offensive line, but you only have $15 to spend. Okay. Fair enough. Okay. okay. Yep. So if you get someone for five, that means you're going to have to get someone for one, probably. Gotcha. Or gotcha. A couple of two dollar guys. So be careful about where you where you splurge, my friend. Okay. So we're going to start with left tackle and work our way across, and we'll do the last two positions uh, at the same time, so it's not quite so anticlimactic. Okay. Okay. So here's what I've got for you at the uh, offensive line grocery store. For five dollars, you can purchase the best left tackle in Cowboys history, Tyron Smith. Mm-hmm. For $4, Flozell Adams is available. For $3, Mark Tuane can be bought. If you want to pony up $2, uh, the great Ralph Neely is available. And for $1, Pat Donovan can be had. Ooh. How much do you want to spend a left tackle, my friend? Oh, right out of the gate, this is this is hard. Um, oh, I had one question I needed to ask you, Raps. Have, have you already budgeted yourself with this? Have you already done this yourself? I've done this a couple times, and okay. I can't, and I cannot come to a personal consensus. Okay, so right out of the gate, it's I have a little bit of a dilemma. So I will say that I, I'm saving, I'm saving some money for a couple players. So I'm not gonna, as much as I'd love to have Tyron here, I'm, I'm gonna have to pass on him. But I am torn between going really cheap here, um, or having a guy that. You know, we talked about is one of the most underrated players in Cowboys history too. It's uh I'm actually gonna I'm just gonna spend my average uh amount here, start off 
because left tackle it's you know it's 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 really important so i don't want to go too cheap so i'm going to go with mr mark tune uh i'm gonna spend three bucks on him you know i we always felt safe with tune you know protecting uh the edge there so and like i said we talked We've talked about him quite a bit, you know, how much we appreciate him and what a great player he is, you know, two-time pro bowler, three-time Super Bowl champion. Um, so I feel I feel safe with that purchase. That's right. And Bruce Smith, a racer in two of those three That's Super right. Bowls. So, so, yeah, absolutely right. He was he came up big, his big, biggest and best in the biggest games. So I, I love that choice. I think that's great value. So you've now spent $3. You have $12 left to spend on the rest of your offensive line. Let me bring you over to the section where we have left guards on display, shall I? Okay. So for $5, you can buy arguably the best offensive lineman in NFL history, Larry Allen. If you want to go a little cheaper, uh, one of the greats, the great Nate Newton is available. For $3, you can have John Nylon, who is a, who is a great uh, left guard in the 60s. And uh, for $2, uh, a really underrated left guard, very athletic guy, real stalwart for those late 70s, early 80s uh, offensive lines, Herb Scott. And then a more recent guy, another underrated dude, for a dollar, you can have a dude I've always loved, Kyle Kozier. There's some good... How much you can spend, my friend? Uh, well, no, I'm going to uh, spend the max here because, I mean, Ooh. I mean... <laughs> If you have a chance to, you know, start your team with, you know, with with a player like uh, Hall of Famer Larry Allen, I mean, I don't even think that's, I don't even think that's really a tough decision here. I mean, th- when I looked at this first thing, I thought it's like, okay, how can I build around Larry Allen? So, uh, for sure, I'm going with the 11 time Pro Bowler Larry Allen. It's going to eat up a bunch of my money, but you know what? I'm not worried about it at all. I I think that's a very wise choice, and I think that. Um... Given who the, the various guard options are, I think reserving top dollar for one of the Cowboys guards is a really is a really wise allocation. We'll get to the other other guards in just a moment. Before we do, let's take a look at the offensive centers who you can uh, have to add to your collection of of uh, fierce offensive linemen here. For five dollars, you can have no other than Fred Beard himself. If you want to pony up four bucks, Mark Stefanoski is available. Uh, for three dollars, uh, great. Guy who ran alongside Herb Herb Scott, Tom Rafferty, for two dollars, powerful, powerful presence inside Andre Girard, and for one dollar, another kind of late seventies, early eighties stalwart, John Fitzgerald could be had. How much you want to spend on your center? So you know, there's a lot of a lot of great choices here. Um, so really, I I made my decision based on what I'm doing on the right side because the money I need for the right side. Uh, and so I really found great value with going with five-time pro bowler, Andre Girard. I think that the, he is a good choice. You know, the Cowboys had a, that aging offensive line, you know, in the, in the early Romo years. Um, and, you know, he was part of that. And, but definitely, you know, like you said, powerful player. I, I think that's a good bang for your buck, only spending two bucks and getting Girard. So that's my choice. I agree, man. That 2009 running game they had with Gerard and Leonard Davis and all those cats, that was a, a very formidable offensive line. They aged quickly, but they were, for a couple of years out, they were tough and they beat teams up. Okay, so you've got $5 left after spending 10 of your $15. So you have $5 in two positions. I'm going to read you the options at both positions, and I want to hear how you want to allocate the remaining money. Okay? Mm-hmm. So, uh, no surprise at right guard, the $5 player is Zach Martin. 
Um, at $4, we have Blaine Nye, very underrated, very, very, very strong guard from the 60s. Uh, $3, Leonard Davis, the aforementioned Leonard Davis, powerful, not so great in terms of a foot athlete, but very, very powerful in, in the running game. For $2, you can have Kurt Peterson, uh, somewhat underrated, you know, guy who, you know, who's uh, had the misfortune of playing in the 80s when the team was declining. And then for $1, you can have probably the least handsome, great offensive <laughs> lineman in Cowboys history, Kevin Gogan. At right tackle, we have another Hall of Famer, Rayfield Wright, available for $5. Um, just a guy whose career was sadly truncated thanks to a car accident and otherwise could have maybe been the best offensive lineman in Cowboys history for $4 and Eric Williams. You know that I'm always a, a Doug Free stand, so mm-hmm. I'm happy to see Doug Free there available for $3 at right tackle. Uh, for 2 bucks, you can have Jim Cooper, who was actually quite a good right tackle um, for those Danny White Cowboys. And then, of course, for a dollar, you can have Lael Collins. So you've got two players, five bucks. How are you allocating your funds? Well, you know what? I mean, I wanted to, I wanted Eric Williams on my team. You know, I want that nastiness. And as you said, you know, I mean, he, he would cost a lot more if he did have, you know, if he, his career wasn't, you know, hindered by, by that accident too. I mean, just one of the most violent players the Cowboys have had on the edges. So, I mean, be, outside of Larry Allen, he was the other blinking light for me. So I'm I'm spending four bucks on him, uh, which means that that leaves me with Kev, Kevin Gogan. You know, I mean, we're not. This isn't a handsome contest. You know, this is a, we're just trying to build a line, and he, he's a big guy, and a, you know, there's some big bodies on the interior line too. So I mean, I so I'm going with him. My only my only conflict with this scenario, and you you mentioned him already. You know, Leonard Davis. You know, when when he was with the Cowboys and the you know. The, uh, 2009 line offensive line. I, so I, for me, the toughest decision is: Do I want to go three bucks on Leonard Davis, and then take Pat Donovan over left tackle because I think that's great value there, or Twine and Gogan? So that's that was really the only one that I was kind of um, fighting there. But those are my five reps. How, how close to? Are those picks to to how you ha- would have a budget? Because I, I I will say that that actually matches up exactly with one of my two or three different scenarios. I tried a couple different ones, and that one I liked because that is a big, powerful group of mean road graders. I mean, Gogan, not a pleasant guy, nasty player. Gerard, nasty player. Larry Allen, I mean, nasty player. Tuane, powerful, nasty guy. This is going to be a a dominant, intimidating offensive line. Um, so I, I love it. I think you found really great value. And uh, I think that there were a couple of places where, I mean, I used like approximate value. and I, I used some different metrics to rank these guys at the different positions, but immediately just because some positions are richer than others, there were places where value just jumped out. Mm-hmm. And I think you seized on a couple of those, especially with guys like um, Gerard and Tuane. So I, I think, you know, that those are, those are the blinking lights that I had too, for that reason. So nice, nicely done. I, I think that, your 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 picks make a lot of sense, and I would love to watch uh, pretty much any running back in Cowboys history run behind oh that line. Goodness. That's pretty that's pretty awesome. So speaking of running behind offensive line, uh, we are going to be talking about all of our um, you know the 2023 offensive line group. For my money, this is the group or one of the two positions where there's the, the least certainty, the greatest uncertainty going into the year. So I think it's going to be a really interesting discussion. I want to break this up into actually two sort of sub conversations. So let's talk about the offensive tackles first, 
and then we'll talk about the interior offensive line and then we can you know perhaps have a conversation about the totality but let's just talk about the offensive tackles um so we i i mean you tell me who the starters are i think at this moment in cowboys nation we sort of believe that tyron smith and tyron tyron smith and terrence Steele are the starters but that's certainly not written in stone but there's some really interesting guys behind them. We have, you know, we have this uh, new new draft pick, uh, Sam Richards. I think there's always last year's first rounder who could slide out from guard. Uh, you know, I think Matt Matt Willetsko is starting to turn some heads. I think there's some interesting options there. So given all those cats, is there a breakout player among that group? Whew. Um, is there a breakout player among that group? I mean it's really difficult because it all really hinges on where we're going to, we're going to see Tyler Smith play. You know, we don't know, you know, you mentioned like uh, Tyron on the left side, Terrence on the right side. That's ideally, that's what you're, what you're thinking is going to happen, but you know, that's going to require good health, you know, good health from Terrence to start the season and then good health from Tyron as the season progresses. So ideally I think that's, what we're hoping for uh but you never know and you know we could see tyler back over um on the left side um real soon who knows or, or right out of the gate i don't know as a breakout you know you mentioned well let's go and i feel like if he can get over his shoulder issues that's kind of been holding him back i do think that he is a interesting swing uh prospect uh so I could lean, and I'd put a little bit of, of chips over on the, the, the let's go wagon. Um, there's so many choices too with, you know, like we don't know about Asim Richards and, you know, I will, the only thing I will have to say about Asim Richards is I don't think if any plans of playing him in the inside doesn't make sense to me, you know, keep him on the outside. And then I think that's where his strengths are. So, uh, but I tell you what, the Cowboys, they just, they have, they have a knack for finding these guys and, you know, they don't have to be early picks too to, to get some good play out of them. So I, I guess if I, have, if I have to say breakout, the only thing that really comes to mind is like Tyler just flat out was, is regarded as one of the best offensive linemen in the league. And just, even though he already had a fantastic rookie season, let's throw a pro bowl on it and, you know, let's throw an all pro on him and say, you know what, this guy, they got it right with him, hands down. Just like I have been telling everybody from the get-go, Raps, you know, this is he's the real deal. You've, you've been the leader of his bandwagon for quite some time now. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, yeah, I think I agree. I mean, I, you know, I we talked about this in the last couple, you know, the last couple of roster discussions, and, and I think to, for someone to have a breakout season, they have to basically, you know, they have to have a sort of lower starting point. You know, Tyron Smith is not going to have a breakout season. He's already a... Uh, you know, uh, a perpetual, uh, you know, all pro and a likely Hall of Famer. So the other, the other guy who could theoretically have a breakout season, I think you mentioned him is, is well, let's go. I think that makes does make some sense. I, some things would have to happen that would probably be disappointing for him to even get in the position to have that breakout season. But um, he seems to be the one guy who expectations are not that high for, and he's got enough upside that he could theoretically break out. Right? He's ready in year two. Mm-hmm. It's, it's conceivable i'm not sure anybody else is, is conceivable and, and I, when i say that i'm i'm assuming that tyler smith is going to stay at offensive guard so i'm gonna i'm gonna put him in that in an interior offensive line bucket even though we know he can 
play tackle at a very high level. Um, any thoughts about uh, who might be the biggest disappointment from this offensive tackle group? Well, this just could be because I hold him in such high regard. And I mean, I'm a, I'm a big Terrence Steele fan. And I thought, I mean, I would throw him in there too if, if he hadn't really already done it. And in my view, he did. I think last season was a fringe pro, pro bowl type season. And if he would have stayed healthy. Uh, so, and I, I do expect him to just, to be good, to be good again. Uh, but he is, he's coming off an injury. So it's possible that I might have my expectations set a little high. And I, I you know, there we could see a down season from him. I mean, if you just look at, if, when I look at Lyle Collins's career path, and I think of that, I think it was 2019, I'm thinking this guy is the next Cowboys Pro Bowler. We've all been expecting it. Now we're actually seeing it. This is it. He he is on the way. And and then as as soon as we said that, it almost just like turned 180. It was just terrible, and he just it never it did nothing. It just got worse. It just everything just got worse. So. Mm-hmm. I, not that I'm saying that that's that's what's in line with with Terrence at all. He's still he's a young player and he's still trending up, but it could be a rough go for him in 2023. So I mean, I guess I would probably put him in there for you know disappointment. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I think that's, I think that's a, good, a good choice. For me, dis- I think it depends on how we define disappointment. For me, the greatest disappointment would be if, if Tyron Smith again only plays like a handful of games, but you're because... but we're expecting that, right? So I mean, yeah, you... I, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm just saying, what what would disappoint me? Because I mean, I guess you know, I guess if 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 he was awful or if somebody else was awful, but I I think we kind of know who they who the players are, and it's it's going to be hard for me to be disappointed by this group because I'm I'm going into the season with a great deal of wariness about this position. Mm-hmm. I'll put it that we've talked about this before. So what? Is your confidence level about this offensive tackle group? Um, is it bottom of the barrel? Is it low? Is it like 50-50? Is it high? Or is it brimming over? Man, this is this is really hard because, I mean, the range of outcomes are, is, is so wide with this group. Yeah. So, I mean, I think I'm just going to, you know, play it safe and, he- and hedge in the middle there and go 50-50 because, I, I mean, with with the health issue, that that's a big thing. So I mean, I'm not. So that can't. I can't get too high because of that. You know, I don't know how Terrence is going to look. Uh, you know, right away. I don't. And, and we're all going to be, uh, you know, holding our breath with with Tyron. So, there, I can't. It's never going to be brimming over. It's never going to be high. But at the same time, this is a group that could be very good. And you know, if they do have good health, and you have um, these rising young players that just keep on getting better, and you know, and Tyron's healthy. I mean, we know Tyron can still play. There's not, that's not a question at all. So, so there's reason to be optimistic too. So I certainly can't get too low too. So I'm, I'm just going 50, 50 with my confidence level. I think that makes a lot of sense. I think it's fair for any reasonable fan right now to really hedge their assessment of the offensive line. And honestly, I don't know that we, that that's going to change for me at any point until late in the season, because 
you know, we've seen before they start off well, they really start to accelerate. And, you know, the running game is, is, is operating all cylinders through October and then something happens. There's an injury or some, some little thing happens and, and suddenly that, you know, the wheels fall off. So the thing about thinking about what has to happen for the group to perform at a difference making level, either high or low, is more challenging if we say, Hey, we're going to hedge and go 50, 50. So just bear with me for a second here. I'd like you to tell me what has to happen for the group to perform at a brimming over level first. Yeah. So if this, if this is a, if this is a brimming over group, how, what happens to make that the, the case? So Terrence is fully healthy. He's, you know, mm-hmm. he's playing at the level. He just continues to where he was last year. And, and honestly, and like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm a very big fan of his. I think some of the dominance that he was showing, you know, he gets off the snap so quick. I think that you have him, you know, basically playing at a pro bowl level and, you know, Ty- Tyron's healthy and he's playing and he's, he's just being Tyron Smith and you know, he's not having these games where he's coming out and you have to fill in, you know, a handful of times throughout the season. So you were getting a healthy season from him. And then of course, then Tyler is dominating on the inside in that situation. So I think that, right. I think that between the young guys, you have two potential pro bowlers. So, and um, I, don't, I mean, I don't, I don't think that's just, ho- that's homerism speaking. I think those are really good young tackles, good players too. And then if none of those, and then you have Tyron Smith. So, um, yeah, I, I don't think it's too unimaginable to, to see things going really well for him. You know, the other thing that I think that um, that Tyler Smith and um, Terrence Steele have in common is they're both smart players with a really good approach, right? They've, they've done, they became professionals very early in their career. And I think one of the things that, that, you, that characterizes the guy you talked about before when we were playing the game in, in Lael Collins is he was never really a very good pro. So I think that's one of the reasons why he sort of ascended and then immediately began to go down. He didn't do the things he needed to do to take care of his body. He didn't take care of himself. He didn't try to get better every year in quite the same way. He never, he was never, you know, a a weight room, you know, workout warrior type of guy. And those other two cats, they study, they're smart. They, they understand how much they they have to learn. And I think that, you know, the, the, the likelihood that they're going to continue to improve then is greater because of that. Um, yeah, so I, I want one, I, one more I thing. Agree. Yeah, I just yeah, want yeah. to say to to add to the brimming over thing real quickly. Um, I think continuity is a big thing, you know, and being able to, to people have people stay in the same spot. So if I'm going to say what's my high ceiling here, it's if Tyron does miss time, which we should expect that, well, let's go is at that level or, or a seam Richards is at that level. Uh, you know, if one of those guys are comes in and they, you know what, they did a good job. They, they came in and played, you know, filled in nicely. I, I, I give the edge to, well, let's go thinking he's, you know, cause he's a year further along, but so that to me, throw that in the mix too, for the, for brimming over. Fair enough. Fair enough. So the, uh, the other direction then is what has to happen. Um, if you're bottom of the barrel confidence rating, let's just imagine that you did have one, um, comes comes true. Yeah. Well, I mean, obviously the biggest one is, is you're gonna we're gonna suffer some bad health, and um, mm-hmm. so. But outside of that, um, it could be that, you know, the youngsters has some struggles. You know, because mm-hmm. say they're they're moving around a lot, and, and we're we're starting to see the holding penalties that really gave him a tough time in college, and that he honestly did a fantastic job with his rookie season. Um, but just say they takes a step back, and he has some has some problems. And so he's a liability at times. Um, so I think that could be something there. And like I said, if, if Tyron's not, 
not available, then, you know, what are you doing? You're moving people around again and you have, then maybe the swing's not working out like you're hoping for. And then of course, if uh, Terrence is not at full strength and say, say he's, he's there, he's playing, but he's just not playing like he, he did. He's playing more like rookie Terrence still or something. Than... Yeah. Yeah. He basically has the offensive line equivalent of a, of the Michael Gallup year where he's, yeah, just, right. it's, it's a recovery year. He's fighting gamely, but he just doesn't have that explosiveness right. you know, because he hasn't had a chance to, he hasn't had a chance in the, in the process of the rehab. Let me ask you one more question before we move on to the, actually a couple more questions. The first of which is, is it outside the realm of possibility that Tyron Smith could play 16 games and be bad? No, it's a big, I think that, I think that's actually another potential, like either bottom of the barrel or disappointment that we have to, that we have to confront. I mean, when we think about disappointment, we're always thinking about him being injured. Or at least I was for a moment, but at this age, I think we have to at least be, be willing to entertain the possibility that he might be cooked. Absolutely. And that, and that he just won't be able to keep up with speed rushers that he, that he's lost some, he's lost some strength from the different, different injuries he's had. I mean, he's had a good off season with, because he wasn't injured at the end of last year. I think that this is in many ways, the most promising he may be, may be at the beginning of the year in, in quite some time, you know, in terms of like, he actually seems to have spent the off season relatively healthy, but he's, you know, he's an old man in football years. Absolutely. And I think it's entirely possible that, that, you know, at the end of the year, we might be like, oh, yeah, yeah, wow, we didn't see it. Like, but he, you know, the struggles he had at right tackle and other things like at the end of the year last year, those weren't just because he was acclimating or doing a position switch. Those are because he's lost a step. Right. You know, I, I, so I think I think we have to I think we definitely have to entertain that. Um, so let's move on to the interior offensive line. And then when we're done with that, I want to sort of talk about what this the, the larger offensive line room is going to look like a year from now. Um but let's 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 move inside. So if we're thinking about the inside, the interior offensive line, we've got, of course, you know, our our, um, our stalwarts in Zach Martin, uh, Tyler Smith for now, I think, is probably the left guard. But and then we have Tyler Biotish as the center, who is a pro bowler. But I don't think anybody really feels like he played at a pro bowl level. I think it was one of those things where the, some of the other guys who were probably better weren't available. Um, we have some super subs in Matt Farnia. Josh Ball has been kicked inside. I think there's a really interesting rookie in TJ Bass, who he's a tackle in college, but and from your neck of the woods, but it looks like he'll probably be an interior offensive line. I don't know if he's got the feet, but he's got a lot of nastiness and he's got some size and some raw power. So he's a really interesting candidate that I'm looking forward to tracking. And there's always Alec Lindstrom, who I think a lot of people really like as a as a as a sort of you know as a developmental candidate uh, at center. So. There's a lot of options here. There's some other dudes who I think are probably just camp fodder. I think those are the main names. So given all that, and given, you know, the fact that there's not a lot of, you know, young guys necessarily, although there are a couple, is there someone we can identify as a potential breakout player? Well, I mean, I think you t- you mentioned it already is, I mean, the top, the guy at the top of my list is going to be TJ Bass. And it's just because, okay, good. I mean, he's like, you know, the Cowboys have, you know, they do this every once in a while. You know, they get these undrafted guys, they develop them. Even if they're like, you know, like Brandon Knight, you know, he didn't have a big career here, but he, he was a contributor. And, you know, like they've done it with Ron Leary, you know, and then, of course, with Terrence Steele most recently as well. Uh, so, I mean, and, and and that's the one position, the left guard position is the one where it's really open for up for grabs. I mean, we got nobody that's that's has a big, 
you know, the big front runner for that. So I'm very interesting to see. That's one of the one of the places my eyes will be focused on when training camp rolls around is to look and see how how Bass is doing and, and all all the left guards. Um, so I think to me he's the the first choice. Um, but I also want to say that I'm also interested in seeing what Mr. Farniak does because mm. I, I feel like that's in, that he's in, in the if it's not Tyler Smith, I think it's it's probably going to be him. And I mean he's a good player and I know he's not like Nobody's super excited about him, but he's just, I mean, they got him on the field even when they didn't need him. So, I mean, he, that just shows you that he brings something to the table. He's he's not going to overpower, you know, defensive tackles, but I think he's a solid player. And if you look at what the Cowboys have done over the last few years, that's really what they've, with the two Connors, that's really as far as they've ever been anyway. So, he end, he might end up getting there if none of the other plans work out. So the, mm-hmm. there's almost like a two two surprise guys. And I don't know mm-hmm. that's cheating a little bit, but that's, that's those are my answers. And what would be your greatest potential disappointment at the interior offensive line? Whew. I mean, if if it's like similar to like our wide receiver position where we have all these choices but then none of them pan out, you know, it's just like, mm-hmm. you know, you just figure something's going to work out. Um, you just, and, and the Cowboys, not only does it, none of them's working out, but they're constantly shuffling. They're like switching things out. It's just like, like almost like McCarthy's drawing names out of a hat on a weekly basis. Let's get, you know, Chuma Doga a try, and then let's give Josh Ball a try. And then and they're moving off Seam Richards in and why not? You know, they're just like, they don't even know what they're doing. That would be kind of my biggest Despite like just nobody emerges. If you're asking me for a player, to, you know, to pick, it's just so hard because it's obvious going to be left guard position. Because I think that you know Zach Martin's awesome and Tyler Biotish. Totally agree. Not a bona fide pro bowler, but you know he's a fringe pro bowler and he you know he's oh, solid solid pro, solid, solid pro. Pro. yeah. Uh, so it's it's going to be that there's just a massive hole at left guard that just nobody's and it's just a penalty a flag fest every week and it's just a mess i mean i don't have a i don't have a player to to, to pinpoint it on but it's just like all of them it's the situation <laughs> it's just, yeah, yeah. It's a, but there's i think there's a there's a potential development i think that would be very disappointing so one of the guys you mentioned just then i, I sort of neglected to mention him either with the tackle group or with the interior offensive line group because he's in some ways in both and in neither is is our, our friend chuma doga i think he's a really interesting free agent pickup he's exactly the kind of free agent pickup that I like where he's a seasoned veteran, but he comes, you know, he comes cheap. Um, do you, what, what, do you have any sense of the vision for the player or where you like, if you had to predict what his season is going to look like, where are you, what's your prediction? Where are you putting your money? If you, if you're forced to, you know, if you're forced to put down a, uh, you know, a saw buck on this, what, what, what are you, what are you betting? It's, it's really interesting because when I, I actually looked at all these guys and I, and I try to figure out like, Who's from top to bottom, who, who fits the left guard spot the best, you know, just going through. And that's where it's like, I don't want to see Richards around. I don't want to, well, well let's go around it. They're, those guys, those guys are tackles. Um, but Yudoga was one of them that he could, I could, I could see it happening. I don't know if he's really the best fit. I think that he's, I think he's a solid tackle that could maybe fill in in a pinch and do okay. Um, but when I did my breakdown, I mean, I had Josh Ball over him as far as who I'd feel more comfortable with playing inside. Mm-hmm. And I had, obviously, you know, I had, I was high on TJ Basson and, and, and Matt Farniak as well as, as guys who I think could, I feel like he's, 
he's kind of like your floor. I think he could be like okay if that's what it comes to. I don't think it's ideal, but I think he, he could be okay. He, he might be the guy, Rabs. I mean, we we honestly don't know. It's it's like I say, there's nobody that's really taken this and running with it. So it could be it could be him. He's the veteran of the group, and uh, but yeah. So I just I just have him somewhere in the middle. I mean. I, I honestly, I, I agree. I think he could be a starter at left guard for 12 games. And I think he could also get cut after training camp. Yeah. You know, he, uh, we've seen it before where there's been a veteran who comes in and you know, he's basically there just in case one of the young guys doesn't develop. So like, you know, if Josh ball takes a step forward or something, then Adoga might just be gone. Right. Um, so, so let me ask you this then what's your confidence rating for the interior offensive line? We, we know the scale is where is it in the, in the range from bottom of the barrel to brimming over? <sighs> um, you know, again, this is this is tricky because I think the range of outcomes is is wide. And I mean, first off, we we do have two good players that that make up the two thirds of our interior offensive line are good players. So that mm-hmm. that's a good starting point. So it feels like you know you should you shouldn't need much more to feel really good about it. Uh, but it's just there's just so so much unknown about that last position. Uh, and I, I sort of feel like I felt with the wide receivers last year. It's like I felt more confident with it because I just felt like somebody's going to. I mean, there's, there's so many choices. Someone will come in. And so that that's kind of where I'm at now. Um, but, you know, I've been burned with that thinking before. So I I feel I know this is a lazy answer, but I'm just going to just play it right in the middle again and go 50-50. I, I, I feel like going either way in, is, in one direction would not would not be how I would truly feel. So if you had to say that at the end of the year, they're more likely to, to, to have merited your confidence brimming over or more likely to have merited your confidence being bottom of the barrel, which one do you think is actually more likely? Are they more likely to have an amazing season or a disastrous, disappointing season on the interior OL? Uh, I think it would be more that they'd be brimming over. Cause I, I mean, cause you also have to okay. figure the Tyler Smith aspect too. I mean, Tyler Smith could just change that. You could have three good players all of a sudden, you know. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. if if none of those interior offensive linemen work out like we were talking about, and it's Matt, well, let's go. That's pretty good. And he's like the number six offensive lineman the Cowboys have. Then guess what? You know, you have Tyler Smith, Biotish, and, and Martin, and, and, you're, and you're in pretty good shape. So. so let me ask you the same thing about Zach Martin, and then we ask about Tyron. You know, this is his tenth year. Could he? Is it possible that at the end of the year we could look at this and go, "Yeah, you know what? He's cooked." Well, I, you know, I don't deal in absolutes, so the answer, of course, it's possible. <laughs> right. But I um, don't think it's likely. I mean, I, well, here's the thing: Zach Martin plays at a high level. So can we see him play at a slightly less high level? Absolutely. That's fair. I mean, mm-hmm. the guy's a plus 30, you know, and, um, but I don't have that same fear. Like you, that was a really great point you brought up about Tyron Smith, because I mean, I would, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's, if, if, if some, if he did show some type of decline, it wouldn't, it wouldn't catch me off guard. It would catch me off guard if, if Zach Martin suddenly wasn't a good football player. Uh, but he could be maybe not a great football player. And, and, yeah, that could still hurt the Cowboys too. So just even a little bit, a little small step back. 
I think that would be my greatest disappointment for the offensive line as a group. If, if Zach Martin does decline in any noticeable way, because he's really, he's really is the, you know, the sort of stalwart yeah. that sets the bar for the, for the, the group and their performance. Um, so I think the one, it, for me, what's come out of this conversation is that this is a high variance position. We both basically, I think we both were in agreement that we're going to kind of hedge and go 50-50, but we recognize that there's some things that could happen where this group could turn out to be pretty good. And this group could turn out to be, there's some things that could happen where an injury happens, a guy doesn't develop or whatever, and, and there could be a, a, an exploitable hole, a noticeable weak link in the, in the chain that could hurt them all year. Which is particularly troubling for me because I really believe that this team's going to go as far as the offensive line takes them. I think there's so much strength at so many other positions that um, if the offensive line does move toward brimming over, I think it's going to make a huge difference in this team um, have, having a, the opportunity for a deep playoff run. If they don't, I think that they, then that increases the likelihood that it's going to be the same old story again. So um, another interesting piece of this is this is one of the two positions where I, I think this is probably the last year where this group is together. So let's let's what, what are your thoughts about what this room is going to look like a year from now? I mean, we've got several guys who are in the last year of their contract. We got Terrence Steele, Tyler Biotish, Chuma Doga, the pr- previously mentioned Chuma Doga, not to mention what's going on with Tyron Smith. I mean, if he's going to be cuttable, he's probably going to be after this year. Um, Zach Martin's almost certainly with us for the duration, but there's some guys who might be leaving. There could be some pretty significant turnover. What do you think this room's going to look like next year? Well, I think, you know, Tyron retires. I don't think that he'll be with us. Um, so he's got one more year with, in, in, uh, as a player or as a Cowboy? As a player. I don't I don't think he's – if Tyron wants to play another year, they'll work some deal out. It would be similar to – um, this year, not so much money, but it will be a, like a per game basis type of thing. They'll, Jerry's not going to mm-hmm. turn him away at all if, if 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 he can if he's up for it and wants to do it. Uh, but I don't know necessarily that that's that's why it ended up happening. I really think, like you mentioned before, there's a lot of mileage on that guy. So I mean, he's um, so I don't expect that. I don't expect to have Tyron back. I think what's interesting is I do think that Terrence will get an extension, whether it happens before this season begins or you know next off season i don't, I don't know uh but then it makes me wonder is there room for them to do both uh steel and biotish is biotish going to be one of those guys like dalton schultz where it's like yeah we he's a good player solid player we'd love to have him i mean he's key piece to this offense but you know we can probably get by without him. maybe we'll just roll with farniak and an under center for a year, another year or so and and find a replacement uh, i mean we don't know so I think there's uh, the likeness of both of those guys coming back. I think is is and uh, maybe less than average, um, but there's still good some good pieces. I, I agree because I feel like listen if you're gonna if you're gonna pony up and resign one of those guys, it's got to be Steele. He's a, he's I, I think that he's got he's the kind of guy as you've been suggesting who has Pro Bowl potential. I think Tyler Biotish is a sort of puffed up above average starter. He's not the kind of, you know, he's not, he's, I think Dalton Schultz is a great kind of example, right? He's a, he's a good guy. He's probably been overrated because he's a cowboy a little bit. I think, you know, he's not, he's not a, he's not an all pro pro bowl level player. He's a good, he's a good solid center, but is that the kind of guy you pay big money to for a second contract? I, unless, unless the rest of the league doesn't care for him and, and they can come circle back around and get him for two or three years at, at a pretty reasonable price. I think he's, 
he's got one more season in Dallas. I agree a hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. I, honestly, it's, it's going to be interesting to see, um, and see. Uh, dude, I am going to be on tenterhooks about this offensive line all year long because I really, really believe that it's, it's, it could be thrilling and it could be absolutely terrifying, uh, where they go. I think that it's such a high range and, um, and it's so important. And I just don't, I, I just don't, I can't see it. I cannot see a, I cannot see an outcome. It's going to be, it's going to be fascinating. Yeah, it for sure wraps. And I think if there is anything that derails this Cowboy season, it's, I mean, that's first place my mind's going to go to is just things, just, things just fell apart in the offensive line. But it's just, it's one of those things where we're just going to have to stay tuned for, you know? And speaking of staying tuned, you know what? Uh, that's it for our show today. If you haven't yet, please do subscribe to the Blogging the Boys podcast network. Leave us a rating, write a review, wherever your podcast, Apple, Spotify, iTunes, or Stitcher. Tell us what you think, anything you would like us to do differently to improve your podcast listening experience. And if you ever want to talk to us about anything at all, any Cowboys hot topics, some training camp battles, or what is the weirdest dream that you have ever had, hit us up on Twitter. I'm at DannyFanom24, and Rabs is at RabbleRouser, spelled R-A-B-B-L-E-R-O-U-S-R. And don't forget to check out all the great podcasts throughout the entire week. Every day we got something new for you. Tomorrow we'll have the World's Team with Meg Murray and Paul Stewart, so make sure to check it out. But that's all we have for today. Thanks for hanging out with us. Hope you have a great weekend. Stay safe, stay happy, stay true to the silver and blue. We will catch you later. Class dismissed. <laughs>